0: Welcome to Power Your Profits Podcast, your friendly guide in bringing your business revenue to the next level. Listen as host Dr. Susie Carter hears inspiring stories of success from her fellow entrepreneurs and transformational leaders. Prepare to make significant change to your strategies as they unravel the secrets of building multi-million dollar businesses and the most effective tips on finance, marketing, and sales accountability. If you want to take your first steps towards explosive business growth, this podcast is for you. Without further ado, here is your host, Dr. Susie.
1: Welcome to this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. I'm Susie Carter. I'm your host. And today's guest, I have James Miller. He's a licensed psychotherapist, host executive producer of a nationally broadcasted and syndicated lithology radio. He's been a practicing clinician in the mental health field for over 25 years. He's a classically trained pianist and composer who uses psychology and neurology techniques to enhance the listener's emotional experience. He's also the author of Life Lessons. You are the expert of your own life, a self-help workbook that aids its readers on the journey to become an expert of their own lives. Please welcome my guest, James. James, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. So for people who don't know you, tell everybody like what your genius is, what your magic is, and who do you serve. Oh,
2: wonderful. Well, Susie, thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your show today. I am super excited, and very honored. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist. I've been in the mental health space for 25 years. In 2015, I made a change and closed my successful practice and started lifeology Lifeology it's the tagline is where you simplify and transform your spirit, mind and body and so the different aspects we have we have um, the, the concierge type of life hacks that I create but I'm most well known for uh, my radio show, which is a syndicated nationally nationally syndicated radio show on all the major markets. And so in that we teach like I said life lessons where we can help people simplify and transform their life and create a life on their terms and focus on what really matters as opposed to getting lost in the hullabaloo of what life sometimes can give us. And you were a fantastic guest on my show today, or um, on my show, and so um, we'll definitely, I'll talk more about that as well if you'd like.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So talk about how you define success, because I think as entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. we have one way, which is the revenue, finances, your credibility. Mm -hmm. How do you define success?
2: You know, when I, when I, was looking at my life back, so as an entrepreneur in my in the mental health space as well, and then an entrepreneur with a, with a television broadcast for Lifeology, uh, both are similar in the sense of we need revenue. And so with the first business that I had, it was all about things were great. Um, I was looking at the revenue. I was looking at the accolades, et cetera. But when I took that time of, of reflection, I kind of took a step back and said, well, am I really happy? Do I feel like my life is fully fleshed out? And so I realized it wasn't as fleshed out as I wanted it to be. And so, when that I really defined, if if it were to look like this, what would it look like? And so I thought, you know, I grew up on the water. I want to live on the water. I was in Washington, DC, and it wasn't necessarily by the water. And I was like, well, I want right. something different. So, I, um, so I, I like I said, in 2015, I, I closed everything, had an idea of what I wanted to do. So, for me, it's for me to answer the long winded question for me, uh, success is measured by your quality of life. And so just because I can make a lot of money at times, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. The difference is, is it depends on how is it going to affect my life? If the making more money allows me to level up in certain ways, by all means, I'll do it. But if it's causing me to give out more space and more time and more energy and effort, which in the long run is going to affect my own mental health, then I'm going to rethink that and think, you know what, just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should do something. So it's a re-identifying of what quality of life means specifically for me. And then I have the different metrics of what that looks like when it comes to my finances, when it comes to my relationships, when it comes to my spirituality. So all those different factors are important, but at the end of the day, it boils down to my quality of life.
1: And so will you, how are you measuring that? Like, what are the factors? Like, so Sure. What we look at? Sure. sure. So I, what I, I love that, right? Because we look at every other factor, but wait, quality of life on here? <laughs> wait, what are you like, What? <laughs>
2: What I typically do is, uh, so I talk about this in my book, Life Lessons. You're the expert in your life, and so a little plug there. But what I do is I talk about how to how to measure success. And so what I have people do is break down their life into as many components as they want. And so for me, it'll be I can talk about mine, but it's important for everyone to be very specific with them, when intentional about their self. And so there's nine of them, but I will break it down. I'll just give an example of, of like as many as you can think of. So we have um, my my friendships, my um, intimate relate, or my partnership my health, my wellness, my finances, my retirement, my income, my vacation, my hobbies, my um to say spirituality, my um my nutrition. And so there's so many things that I break it down to. And so when I do that, then I'm just like, okay, well this is this is how I compartmentalize my life. And then uh, and this graph that I create, so you put this on that horizontal line. On the vertical line that we have tick marks between 1 and 10. 10 is the most fulfilled, most the best quality of life I have. One is the least amount of that. And what the difference is, though, is when you do these types of things or this check-in for yourself, you want to look at what's the timestamp that I'm using. So for me, if I when I do it, I do it within a three-month timestamp because I look at it in quarters, quarters of the year. And so when I look at that, I say, well, what is my quality of life for each of these things? And so quality of life means do I enjoy it? Am I able to do that? Am I able to be successful with it? So with each one of those things that I look at, then I measure them, I graph them out. And so it's a really good snapshot to say, wow, this is, you're doing really well here. And, you know, actually you're not doing so well here. And so what happens? So it gives me a really good framework to say, let me move the widgets. In other words, these categories, these categories in my life around to such a degree that they're all leveling up. And so when I do that for the three months, I can say, well, if I'm, if I'm lower on this area and I don't really know what to do, well, if I know what to do on this area, let me raise that a little bit more, which then by proxy will then allow me to be more mindful of how to raise these other levels up as well.
0: I love that. You're listening to another episode of Power Your Profits podcast. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of struggling to take your business to the next level? Power Your Profits is the game changing book you've been waiting for. Dr. Susie Carter, creator of the Predictable Success Method, reveals her proven strategies for explosive growth. From daily operations to marketing systems, this comprehensive guide empowers you to achieve predictable revenue and profit growth. Don't miss out on this invaluable wisdom. Transform your business today. Find your copy at books.poweryourprofits.com.
1: And so then how do you stay like motivated and driven to achieve it's, what we want to achieve, right? Sure, yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest things
2: as entrepreneurs is we have these great ideas and we have the execution and it's going well and then we had a snag and we're like, ugh. Do I still want to do this? Let me, or then we have that, uh, the ADD version of it. Okay, let me start something new. And so a lot of times people will find that when they have that ADD component, which is fine, we all have it to a certain degree, but when they have that, they don't have the tenacity or have the drive or have, if they push it a little bit further beyond that they're able to level up with their business. One thing I always do is how you start your day is indicative of how your day is going to go. For me, self-care is one of the most important things that I can do for myself. So regardless of how successful I am throughout the day, if my morning routine, is not successful and not in a way that is indicative of success, then all of a sudden that's going to trickle down throughout my day. So if somebody wakes up in the morning and they're hitting the snooze button all the time, absolutely nothing wrong with that. If it works for you, it works for you. For me, it doesn't. So if I were to do something like that, that then starts my day of saying, well, 10 more minutes here, 10 more minutes are there. So I reallocate my time so that once I have to be in a certain business or a certain um, schedule or an appointment, if I'm already running late, then all of a sudden that. I'm going to show up late. Maybe not. Maybe I'll show up on time, but I'm showing up late in my thinking or I feel more rushed or I don't feel more put together. And so it's important to look at how do you start your day? So for me, how I do it, this is just my version. Everyone has a different version. When I wake up, uh, I wake up an hour before I'm supposed to get up. And I spend that time in my my devotion, my spirituality. Spirituality can be whatever you want it to be. But for me specifically, it's my time with God. And so as I said, people can have whatever they want. It's beautiful. But for me, that's how what works. And so when I focus on that, it's my time to really get to know myself and to really connect with something greater than myself. Because I believe we're broken down to spirit, mind, and body. Once again, it's not religious. That's just simple physics, if you will. So when we think about it in that respect, um, I make sure that every part of my day has those three components worked out. So if I start out with my my spirituality, then I then if I have time um, in the morning or in the evening, I will always work out every single day for me, for my body. And then my mind is what I do throughout the day when I create my, um, my business or work on my business. So I, I think it's incredibly important for everybody to figure out how can they incorporate something in their life with those three components to really build that up because if we don't we've all seen those bodybuilders at the gym who have the huge upper bodies and little chicken legs that's <laughs> kind of a really good reminder a reflection of how we are at times when we have over we're top heavy in certain areas or we're bottom heavy in other areas and we don't have that well balanced life which then leads once again to my quality of life so that's what i do is just be specifically mindful of how to how you start your days indicative of how your day is going to go to be able to create that motivation and drive to be successful
1: So then I have the same thing, right? We look at the nine environments and Uh I've got like a premise and a goal and a Mm -hmm. strategy for each area of my life. And so is that what you have for your, for each strategy in your life? Like, what's that look like for you? Yeah. I think it's important. Like people don't spend that time, right? I ended up taking a class that made me look at my whole life versus just this work thing. Mm -hmm. Is that how, what does that look like for you?
2: Sure. And if, if, when I look at these different metrics in my life, it's there's there's a difference between the ideal, optimal version, and what am I able to do right now. And so I've I've give myself a lot of grace. So sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh, I do not want to do this. I give myself grace. Okay, James, if you need to sleep in, if you want to, you can sleep in. But the difference is is allowing yourself to be able to flex your life to such a degree because we know life happens all the time. When life happens, we're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? So it's learning how to give yourself grace and to flex things of saying, this is ideal. This is what I wanna do every single day. If I'm not able to do that, what is more of a realistic? And so I live between the realistic and the optimal throughout my day. So therefore I still feel successful and push myself a little bit further as opposed to like, I just don't wanna do this. One of my favorite quotes is, the last person in the race beats the person on the couch. And so it's important to really give yourself that grace because every day is going to be different. So as long as I just do something that allows me to then move in to be successful in the other areas of my life, and so that's how I really quantify um, ideal, excuse me, ideal versus um, realistic.
1: I love that you just reiterate the grace, right? I think this year it was the first year I've really given my great myself grace not to work all the time. Mm-hmm. go, wait a minute. There's other things important. I did this whole exercise of what did I value. And the things that I valued, I wasn't spending time in them, right? I wasn't nurturing them. I I did them, but it wasn't planned like work was planned. Yeah, it was like yeah, I'll work out, but it wasn't in my schedule like everything around work. I'm like, oh, (laughs) hello, McFly, (laughs) right? It was it was happening, but it was this undue stress that you didn't need to have this undue stress, right? Well,
2: it also has to do with your perspective at something. If something feels like work, it's going to be work. And so if we go into a situation thinking it's going to be difficult, well, then it's going to be difficult. We become what we think. And so if I'm thinking so that I'm successful or that I'm I'm diligent or I'm intelligent, those things start, I start to see myself that way. And so it's, it's important that the premise of how you present yourself just before you start something is, once again, indicative of how that's going to go. So we can use that systemically. In the morning, creates for my day, or we can do that from how I see myself just before I start something, allows me to then become that. So it's a greater version or a smaller version, but it all has to do with our thoughts. Psychology we teach that whatever you think about determines what you feel, what you feel determines what you do, and so my thoughts to determine my confidence, my 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 energy, and then my body actually ac- activates that or actualizes that.
1: So have you always been this way?
2: You know, it's interesting. I I have. Uh, when I think about it, uh, I was very gregarious little, little boy. Like I remember I was in kindergarten and, <laughs> and I was looking at my shadow and I'm like, I told my little friend, Oh my gosh, I, am I the shadow or the shadow me? And I, we had this real existential version and they're like, you're weird. And then they went off and ate glue. But for me, it was this whole aspect of, of this interpersonal, intra, um, um, intrapersonal aspect for myself. And so the recognition of why do I do what I do? And then, cause we all have God-given gifts. And so that was one of mine is can I explain why I do what I do, and can I explain what other people do? So with that, that's kind, of, that's what I've learned throughout my forty-seven years of how to present and how to recognize what works for me. And then with all the people, a thousand people I worked with, that translates to them as well. And so it's something to to really be mindful of. Once again, everyone has a slightly different version of how it works. But when we're truly mindful of why do I do what I do and what am I learning about myself right now, everybody's able to level up in their own in their own version.
1: Right. So let's shift just a little bit. So think back at a time that you had a breakdown, a challenge. Many of them. <laughs> yeah. Like the one that was like one of those pivotal life-changing no. moments and what did you learn from it? You know, some people want failures. I I don't. Sure. I yeah an opportunity to grow. So what would that be for you? I remember, so it was in 2000,
2: when I decided to, that I wanted to change. It was 2012 and it was actually August, um, August 5th, 2012. In fact, I have a funny anniversary date that comes later we can talk about. So at this date, I, I I was like, I want something different. So I ended a relationship. I was like, I, I cha- looked at all my friend groups and I was like, I just don't want this. I was kind of a quote socialite, which I hate that word, socialite in the DC area. And I was like, why? I mean, that's fine. Everyone's great, but why? What, what, is, what does this mean for me? And so once I ended that relationship, I revisited my friends and I just took that time to really focus on myself. And so in that moment, it was probably one of the most difficult things because then you really have to decide who are you. And so in that, when I pulled myself away and spent this time of quietude and stillness, I was surprised. So there, I had this whole other side of me. I'm a musician as well. I'm a composer. And so I, I hadn't composed in years. And so when I wrote, when I it was, a, it felt like a breakdown for me because it was why, why am I, how did I get here? beautiful life but how did i get here and that just doesn't feel fulfilled so that moment the day that I, I ended that relationship and kind of rethought everything was a long drive back to my condo um i i was i i went to my piano and i sat down and i composed something that was probably one of the most beautiful compositions i've ever composed and i just hit record just to hit record because i was like oh, let's see how bad this is going to be but it was one of the most beautiful things and from there just unlocked something to me that i hadn't really Used in a long time, so I have you know my other my my albums as well that that I do with that. But for me, it was that time of real of reflection of who am I and why am I this way, great aspects, but to what end? And so it's to really kind of parse those things out to say what's the value in who I am as opposed to the value of the extrinsic things. What's the value of the internal things? And so I kind of separated myself from a lot of things. And so it's funny, when I moved to Florida where I currently live, I got rid of my fancy, my fancy um sports car, all my, you know, all these other things. So I arrived here and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get rid of this. So I bought a car that I would never buy. It's a great car, but it did not define me. And it was hard. So it was more of an ego thing. I'm like, I can buy this beautiful Mercedes or I can buy this other car. Once again, both cars are fine. I chose the other car. And so I would ride that car to work car around. People like, oh I like your car. And I remember thinking, I can't stand this car. Nice car. not Couldn't stand it because it didn't reflect me. But it was a whole exercise of saying, I don't care what the, the things that I have, it doesn't define me. So I was really cognizant of that. And it was an interesting time. Um, and I was able to really decouple the accolades, um, material things to really define who James is. And so that in 2012, when that happened, it was a huge Awakening for me to be more real, more transparent, more authentic, more um, uh, just truly who I was, who I'm supposed to be. And so it was a really powerful moment of of a lot of reflection, a lot of um, introspection. And so from there, that's really been the foundation for who I am moving forward. Is regardless of what platforms amount of what I do, I'm blessed, but that doesn't define who I am. You know, when once we're off the camera here do I do the same thing that I teach? And so that's something I'm really, I am um, even more, I pra- try and practice that even more every single day. I can't, I, it's funny, everything I talk about on my shows and all that, it's, I practice that. And if I don't do it, I'm mindful of like, well, James, I actually don't do this. And so I don't talk about it. You know, I'm like, well, I don't do it or I should do it. But it is interesting because we 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 can only teach what we know. And after a while, if we don't practice it, that teaching doesn't seem authentic or it's not authentic anymore. And then unfortunately that does translate to the audience and the audience realizes that. And then, you know, once again, then you have a come to Jesus moment, like, Oh, what am I doing? So it's, I prefer to just to have a constant awareness of who I am and to build off of that, as opposed to having to have those dark moments that I put myself through because I just lost sight of who I am and where I want to go.
1: And so what was the inspiration for your book? Cause you have the book called life lessons what yes. did you write that book and what was what was the catalyst? Because I think there's always a catalyst when you write a book, or because it's a lot of work. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and
2: a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You read like 27 books or whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, for me, it was it was interesting because I have life lessons. Um, the way I wrote it was there's so many wonderful self help books out there, but for me, it's if I'm struggling to read a self help book, I'm like, I don't want to read five six hours of something. I need something right now. And so the the way I wrote this book is specifically to focus on what works for people and what doesn't work. I don't know what works for you, Susie. I know it works for me. So if I, let's say I'm feeling heartache. What have I done? So I feel, I'm feeling heartache right now. The situation may be different, but heartache is heartache. When did I feel heartache before? So let me reflect back on that. When did I feel this emotion? What did I do to help me through this that worked? What did I do that helped me that did not work? Because sometimes we think in the moment, crap, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. This is so... Or into me. Well, it's not. The emotion, you felt that so many times before. So it's learning how to re implement the things that work for you so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So, in the book specifically, I, I help people look at what's worked for them. So, the book is written into nine different categories, multiple chapters within there, and just uh, they're simple life lessons. And so, I create the platform for people to figure out wh- whatever emotion they're experiencing that's specific to that chapter. Create, help them reflect on the what works what doesn't work and then i give them tools of then how to implement that to move forward to, to strategize ways to do that all that is accu- uh, a an accumulation of what lifeology is and so in my shows i always have these small little snippets however the first the first uh chapter it's called radical acceptance and um and so i wrote different versions of the book at different times and but i ended up writing the first chapter just before the book went out (laughs) and so because i was was like i don't want to really write this one so radical acceptance is um it's a psychological term that basically means you accept the facts as they are doesn't mean you approve of the facts it does not mean it lets anybody off the hook of whatever they've done it just simply means these are the facts i can feel however i want to feel and what am i going to do about it so i remember i wrote radical acceptance and i just went through a really difficult breakup an unexpected breakup and in that i was like okay these are the facts. This person has left. This is what's happened. I wasn't expecting this. What do I do? And so in that, that was really, I wrote out of James, what do you do? And so a lot of these chapters that I've written are actually things that I've gone through, but that's the first one, radical acceptance. The first chapter was something I was literally going through in the moment. So I was teaching myself and reminding myself of what I, what is the healthiest thing to do. Grief is is a wonderful, beautiful thing that we all experience, but there's a time and place and there's a certain extension of when, of how long we should feel grief. And so, learning how to say yes, this is how I feel, and what do I do about it. And so, that's really how that book is written. As far as, like I said, accumulation of of my of all that I teach in my my lessons, but or my um my practice. But it's it boils down to I practice what I preach because I actually have to sit through those same emotions as well.
1: Right. Juicy, juicy, juicy. So let's again shift just a little bit. So yeah. that is power your profits, right? We talk about wealth. And so what's been your strategy, James, to build your wealth, right? When you look at, yeah. you to go, oh, here's here's what I've done. I wish I would have known earlier. Like last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. I'd love just to hear what your strategy is. Sure. Was. A
2: lot of times when, when, it, when I look back, reflect on, on how I started, like I like your story as well. You didn't know what you're doing, but you you researched until you figured it out. I did the same thing. For me, I've learned so many different ways in which and what to do, what not to do. My biggest thing is learning how to streamline my business. When the more I can streamline and automate it, the more time I have to reflect on other things. And so that's one thing I was really learned how to do is to find different programs and different aspects that, that work behind the scenes for me. So for me, my wealth um, comes from my ability to streamline things. So the concept of working smarter, not harder is one of the most important lessons I think we all can do. And so if we're if you're looking at your day and it feels overwhelming, it probably is overwhelming. So it's learning to say in this moment, what can I streamline or what can I automate to such a degree that it doesn't impact my life? For example, uh, for me, I only check my emails certain times of the day. And if I can't get to it, then I move it to another day, and that's fine. But but people know that, and if they don't know that, that's fine, because that's that's how I prioritize my time. So for me, my when it comes to quantifying my wealth, and once again, it's just like quantifying success. For me, my time is the most important thing. So it boils down to measuring out my time or medding out my time to these certain things allows for me to then be successful. So the things that I do am a part of. I do find that I'm successful uh, could be successful financially, uh, successful through social currency, many different ways. And so it's learning how to automate your day to such a degree that you have that ability and fortitude to be able to pick and choose what you want. But in doing so, you find that you get the better reward from that because you're methodical about it and you can actually focus on what you need to focus on through that automation. Bree,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to be remembered for, James? Like if at the end of our life, what do you want to be remembered for?
2: You know, I was asked this question before and um, I was surprised at the answer. One of the things I've been known for is just that there's always hope. You know, uh, I wanted to be able to instill hope. And so, however that may look to people that through your darkest moment, through your brightest moments, there is always hope. So regardless of how it feels, if you wait just a little longer, that feeling isn't going to be as as painful or overwhelming. And if you wait just a little second longer than that, that's when hope starts to trickle in. So what I want to be reminded or remembered about before is a person who can instill hope and instill enjoy people and instill joy in others to allow them, once again, to just live life because life doesn't have to be as difficult as we think it sometimes feels like. it.
1: Right. I love your energy and love your lessons. So how can people play with you, learn more about you, get the book, you know, join your courses. How do we find you?
2: Well, once again, thank you, Susie, for allowing me to be guesting her show. Uh, the best way is to go to JamesMillerLifeology.com, and you can learn everything about me. Uh, the the show is, like I said, nationally syndicated and on and any and seventeen major markets. But simply go to JamesMillerLifeology.com, and you can find all you can listen. Um, you can find where it's where you may listen to it. Um, I'm I'm active on all social media at James Miller at Lifeology. And so more so on Instagram than all the other platforms, but definitely reach out to me there. I enjoy talking with people. I do have different courses as well. Once again, everything at jamesmiller.lifeology.com and you can connect with me there.
1: So if you love James, please like this. Please send it to your tribe, your community so they can be exposed to James. He is one of the secret weapons to your experience. James, thank you for being here. I appreciate you and thank you for all you do.
0: Thank you, Susie, I appreciate that. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. Let these building blocks from today's most successful industry leaders equip you with the necessary resources and tools to finally establish the highly profitable business of your dreams. Want to hear more? Listen to more episodes at www.poweryourprofitspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now is your time to rise to the top of your game. So be sure to catch our next episode. Until next time.